Hello everyone and welcome to the Humans of Hope podcast. Today we spoke to Graham Reeve who is a lecturer in mathematics. So Graham spoke to us about how maths can actually be quite a creative subject, the concept of infinity and although maths might seem a bit scary, don't be afraid of it. If this sounds like something you might be interested in, keep listening. Hi guys, welcome back to the Humans of Hope podcast. My name's Mia and I'm a graduate advocate at Liverpool Hope University. Hello, I'm Stephen and I'm a student recruitment officer at Liverpool Hope University. Hello, my name's Graham and I am a lecturer in mathematics at Liverpool Hope University. So Graham, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, so I guess the best way to start is um, about your journey into the subject of math. So what is it about mathematics that's made you interested enough to be involved at this like high academic level? Is it something that's always been a part of your education or did it come a little bit later on? Oh, great question. Well, I suppose, I mean, if you'd asked me when I was a child, I suppose I would have said that I was, I'd probably have said I would have become a physicist more likely. Mm. I mean, I've always been interested in science and mathematics in general, but um, I guess it was probably only later that I realised that I like maths more. I suppose in right. some sense, physics is like the purest of the sciences and in some sense, maths is even more pure than physics in some sense. Like physics is kind of like just applied yeah. maths, if you like. So, um, so I mean, initially I wanted to do physics at my under, for an undergrad, but then, um, but I think like so many people who end up doing maths, it's, it's often a subject people choose just because it's something they're good at. Mm. And for example, so I was predicted an A for maths in my A level, but I wanted to do right. physics, but my physics teacher predicted me a C. So <laughs> I thought I'm not going to get into a good uni with a, with a, with a, with a C. So it was almost a, a combination of like um, the fact that you're good at it, and also the fact that physics boils down to being a, a branch of maths in a way or like it uses yeah, exactly. a lot of maths so i suppose that i didn't realize that you, you know you could even be a, a mathematician like a, mm. doing maths research i mean everyone's heard of you know scientists and so on i thought that was probably like a career that i'd choose but yeah yeah uh, didn't realize that you could actually be a mathematician as a as a career and do actual cutting-edge research in pure maths and so now that you're um you're you are that you are the one doing the cutting edge research in mathematics and teaching um undergraduate students and in, in mathematics why do you think it's such an important subject to study now and would you say that's changed from when you originally stepped into the world of maths to now um oh sort of question um has it changed i guess it has changed a lot over over the years but um maybe not so i mean not since maybe since i was learning i'm not maybe not as old as i look but <laughs> Um, so I guess the subject well it hasn't changed too much since I was um, an undergraduate. I guess I mean very. I mean a lot of applications now are in banking and all this kind of stuff. Mm. I guess that's been around for a while. I say one way the subjects change is the number of um, females that now take the course. I say yeah, maths today is as important as it ever has been. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I guess like like just to refer back to what you're saying there, like sciences like physics are underpinned by maths, and I imagine without being an expert on the area, like subjects like computer science, which are increasingly important to underpin by maths as well. Um, so in, re in regards to Liverpool Hope and maths in the context of Hope, all of our lecturers are also active researchers. So I know you've got a particular interest in, and these are just words to me, uh, singularity theory and differential geometry. I think I've said that right. But what is it that you're sort of researching at the minute? What are you working on at the moment? Okay, so so just a bit of background. So it's, um... So differential geometry is so kind of a study of like, surfaces and curves, mm. and um, 
a singularity. So what I mean, what is a singularity? So um, my sense, I mean, a singularity is really a space that's, you say, almost a manifold. I think these are just kind of just words, but mm. you can imagine a, a simple idea of a manifold would be, for example, if you imagine a piece of string mm. in, um, in space, in free space, but if you, you forget its thickness, so you've got a piece of string, and then if you drop it on the ground, then when the, where the string will be developed singularities, for example, they where the string crosses over itself. Right, okay, you know, you okay. That makes more sense. The string is kind of tangent to itself. So these are kind of special points on the, on the surface where the, um, where essentially where singularities, where, where something different happens. Okay. Okay, that, like, that actually clears up quite a lot. There's um, another example. I mean, imagine like when you're, say the Earth is, is a sphere, but when you zoom in close enough, it, it's, it looks, it becomes flat. So you mm. can imagine the kind of living on a, surf, a curved surface. When yeah. you zoom in enough, it just becomes like a, like a plane, flat mm -hmm. plane. Whereas if you have something like a corner, then no matter how much you zoom in, it doesn't ever become, become flat. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like a singularity is a point where like a sharp point or something like a cusp or a crossing, or no matter how much you zoom in, it doesn't look like either a straight line or a plane. Ah, okay. like an ant living on a, on a surface. Right. On the corner of the table, he'd know there was a corner, but in the middle of the table, you wouldn't. Mm. No, okay, that, that clears a lot. No, that clears it up. And so at, at the minute, what is it that you're sort of researching on or doing a write-up on? Is there anything in particular that you've got going on? Um, so at the moment I'm looking at these things called vertex curves, which are these, these special curves that live on a surface mm. and to do with how, how circles, um, interact with the surface. Okay. Briefly. Okay. Okay. So you can look it up. It'll be published soon. So keep an eye out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's a good book. Um, and how does a circle interact with a surface? <laughs> <laughs> So That's probably what you're really trying to find out. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, there's this thing called contact, which is like basically you have imagine how how close a um, how close the circle can get to the surface. You have your surface. I mean, you can't see. I'm holding up my hands, but you can imagine like is that you're going to see? Yeah, you've got a surface and a circle, and like if you if it's quite a rounded surface, you know, you can imagine it would fit in quite. It nest in quite tightly. Yeah. So you can imagine how many different circles can you imagine that you get that would nest in with the surface. Oh. Kind of a. I don't know if you can picture that on, on the radio, but so we're, we're all moving our hands around, but <laughs> I'm like in my head, all I can just see now is loads of circles like fitting together. <laughs> yeah, you got the idea. But, but, but basically, geometry, I do geometry. That's what I do. <laughs> to summarize. So I know I was saying to you at the beginning, well, you obviously don't know this, but I studied English, so I'm kind of the opposite, opposite end to maths. Um, and I did enjoy, I enjoyed maths. I know when I did it at like GCSE and stuff, I think it's really nice. Well, for the maths I did like to, oh, to have like a set answer for things. Although I'm sure there's probably a lot of things that are unanswered. Um, but I guess that kind of just leads on to the next question of like, what are some common myths around your subjects and things that people maybe just assume about maths that you can kind of say, okay, maths isn't actually like that. Okay, so that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, a lot of people like maths for the same reason you said, because there is a definite answer. Uh, in today's world of, you know, fake news and all this kind of stuff, I mean, it's kind of nice to have maths as a, as a definite answer for stuff. So, because when you do research, then it's not always the case, because sometimes things aren't known. And 
And well, so one of the misconceptions about maths is that, you know, it's a very kind of formulaic kind of um, structured thing, whereas actually maths is probably the most creative of all the, the sciences in a way, because you kind of, mm. in order to create new maths, you've got to, you've got to create, you have to create stuff out of nothing. So of course there's certain rules and stuff you have to follow to kind of follow the creativity, but like, um, but I'd say maths is one of the most creative of all the sciences, if you consider it a science. But mm. I think that's interesting to to consider maths as creative. I definitely think that is is something I would have never thought of. Like you you think creative and you think like oh drama art, but um, I think yeah it's really important I guess to look at subjects more holistically and and, oh, not, just, yeah. and not just um, assume about them. So. Well, I think like with like with creativity at its core, like obviously it does lend itself more to creative subjects, but essentially creativity is like either new ideas or the joining of two previously unassumed ideas or un sort of matched ideas. And I guess that's exactly yeah, what exactly. you're sort yeah, of getting at there, Matt. Together as well can be creative. Mm, exactly. And mm. I'll say another myth, I suppose, is that you have to, you know, you have to be some kind of genius or something to do maths, but... I know I don't think that's some people say oh you have to have a natural ability and that's it but I don't think that's the case I think you can if anyone's got the will and desire I think I believe you can go on and become good at maths and make your own contribution in you know, ways mm. I remember when I did it at GCSE I was so bad I was terrible and then I got um I got a tutor and I think it's like I said that rewarding thing of when things start to click and then I was like oh this is kind of fun like I quite enjoy this and then like I did really well so I think it's definitely like like you said you don't have to be some kind of genius to be good at it it's like like anything I think it's yeah. having that patience and, and perseverance with things yeah and over the, some obstacles maybe you have some misconceptions and so on because also if you have a tutor you know you can work one-to-one -one and they can address your misunderstanding if you have a big class of 30 it's not always you'll be stuck on something that maybe you think everyone else gets yeah or will say so some, yeah sometimes having a tutor will help but that's just one of the good things about hope is that it's such small class sizes and we're so friendly and informal and everything like that people can come and ask us individually so it's almost like you've got your own person. yeah <laughs> come to hope. just a little plug there sorry but <laughs> um so my next question um and i guess well I, maybe this is again me assuming things because for most subjects i think that we've had they've been um maybe like humanities subjects so there's been like oh yeah a lot of maybe like texts about them for so things like theology and education um but obviously there will be texts around around maths about maths um and pieces of research and stuff um so is there anything that you would recommend um so somebody who's listening who's maybe interested in maths is there anything that you'd recommend them maybe reading or listening to anything like that to kind of gain gain a bit more understanding on the subject well to be honest i mean nothing in particular i mean there's but there's there's just so much you can to choose from i mean if you go online and just um like i said i suppose what's different from going back to the earlier question about how it's different from when i was younger is like youtube for example i mean there's so much on there now you can you can just go on youtube and watch um professors talking you can do you know, watch proper university lecturers like there's another mit website and uh, stanford university big universities in america they have these um these are videos you can watch professors giving like proper undergraduate and master's lectures as well as this you know kind of popular maths things like number file um worth looking up on youtube has some really interesting kind of um things about maths so there's all these kind of things you can also use, use your favorite search engine to just search for there's something you don't understand 
you know, there'll be loads of information come up. So if you're watching these videos and you think, how, why does this work? You just search for it and there's all these forums that you can, like Math Stack Exchange and different forums. People like, like yourself asking questions and experts ask, answering them. So I'd say that's a big difference from how it's changed since I was younger. But there's such a wealth of information out there that there's um, for you to go and look at and explore. So mm. I'd say, yeah, just get, go and have a look and get stuck in. Well. Um, so obviously at Hope, um, a lot of our subjects are com combination subjects. So you can study them alongside something else. Um, from your experience of like your students and just kind of chatting to them and what they study, are there any maybe like popular combinations that people study with maths or like maybe an unusual combination, a combination that, um, that people study that you would maybe not expect them to, to study? Interesting combinations. I mean, the main... One of the popular ones would be, I have to say, the education. I mean, a lot of people want to do um, maths to become a teacher. I mean, because you don't have to do maths and education, you can do a straight maths degree and then do a PGC at the end. PGCE, is that right? That's uh, a quite a popular choice. And of course, there's these grants now you can get, you can get, was it £26,000 a year just for mm. doing a, a PGC in, in mathematics? Yeah. Um, Tax-free, should add as well. So that's that's a really that's a really popular choice. Massive education. Another one is, I suppose, um, business studies or accounting. It's quite popular. Um, psychology is another is another one that comes up quite a lot. And also geography. Geography is quite um, seems to come up more often than not as well. But there's a few different. I mean, there's so many. That's one of the good things about hope is the number of different pairings you can do with different yeah. subjects. In fact, one new brand new. Um, subject we'll be doing next year is maths with music production so that's something we're all excited Ooh. about for next year oh wow that sounds interesting so do you think would you say that maths and music would actually like kind of merge quite well together in a way yeah i'd say so i mean um do you think i mean i mean maths and music has gone been together for well for, for uh, many years i mean going back right back to pythagoras actually with his work on harmony of the spheres and so on and also up to you know Modern composers use mathematics. I mean, maybe not so modern, but people like Bach. Mm. And I think someone mentioned Roxy Music in a meeting we had recently, people who use maths in music. And of course, these mathematicians have been influenced by music as well. Cool. So, yeah, I guess it's safe to say that maths can definitely kind of be combined with a, a wide variety of subjects. So if somebody's oh, yeah, maybe definitely. thinking, oh, I really like this and I really like this, can I do them together? It's definitely worth checking because a lot of the time, you oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so this next question sometimes takes people by surprise and okay. they can sometimes struggle. So no pressure. No pressure. Um, okay. I think this subject area will have quite a lot though from what you kind of been saying. Um, so do you have a random fact about your subject or something that makes people be like, wow, something that you'd maybe use to impress someone at a dinner party? Oh, I don't know. Oh, there's, I suppose they say there's so much to choose from. Um, feel free, feel free to give us more than one. Okay, maybe. Okay, so I suppose maths is full of full of uh, interesting surprises and kind of uh, beautiful ideas and stuff in maths. That because the deeper you go into maths, of course, then there's you you discover more and more things, and you just get. And sometimes a lot of the things you'll need to have because it's kind of like it's hierarchical in a way. Studying maths, like you learn stuff, and then the next thing you learn builds on that. That's why it's so important to get a good grounding to start with, and then you can kind of build on it but stuff that some, some of our listeners may may make familiar with is so um so there's a thing called fermat's last theorem which was 
Um, so as most people will be familiar with Pythagoras. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, you have a right-angle triangle, then you have three sides, A, a B, and C, where C is a hypotenuse. And the well-known formula is A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Now it's also known that because there's various integer, so whole number solutions. So for example, if you have A equals three, B equals four, mm -hmm. then C would equal five. So you get three, though all of them are whole numbers. So this is, let's call the famous three, four, five triangle if you like. But there's other, there's other uh, whole number solutions. In fact, there's infinitely many whole integer solutions. And Fermat's last theorem says, okay, what about if instead of having A squared plus B squared equals C squared, what about if we have a cubed plus B cubed equals C cubed. So you're raising it to a power three rather than two. Mm -hmm. And then asking, are there any whole number solutions like there was three, four, five for the, um, mm. the triangle Pythagoras' theorem? And it turns out there aren't any. So oh. now how hard you try, you can never find any num whole numbers that when you cube it and you add it to another whole number and cube it, you'll get, a, you'll get another number that's a cube of something else. The whole number. So no matter how much you try, you can sit there with a calculator and try it for forever, forever, and you'll never find an answer. So squared also, works, but cube cube doesn't. Cube doesn't work. In fact, it also doesn't raise work for the power four, the power five, six. In fact, there's not a single number. So there's no solution for any like integer, say n to the power. Mm -hmm. So there's no numbers a, b, c, n such that a to the n plus b to the n equals c to the n. Where ABC are all inches, they're non zero. And that's kind of amazing because you think there's infinite, you know, you can think of just think of an in, a number that's, you know, 100 digits long and another one, you know, massive numbers. I mean, there's infinitely many numbers, yet there's none of them will satisfy yeah. any simple equation like A cubed plus B cubed equals C cubed. I think that, I think you're the same, me, though. That's just taking a little bit of go back to when we were doing maths and just like, yeah, okay, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. that moment, like, yeah. Huh. I remember, I don't know if this is even like, I assume it's kind of math or maybe, I don't know. I remember I fell down like a rabbit hole on YouTube one day. Oh yeah. And I started watching videos about like infinity and like how there's, ah, stuff. How there's different types of infinity and stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah. and my, that was my, pretty... my tutor in maths always told me that infinity was a, oh no, zero was a, con sorry, I went mixed up. Zero was just a concept. Like zero is not a number, it's a concept. Oh, zero, no, infinity is, infinity is, as you're right, is, is not a number, but infinity, infinity is a concept rather than a number. Mm. That's not to say it doesn't exist. When well, there are some people who don't believe it exists, but, um, oh. but See, kind of, this is the thing about, you, if it doesn't exist, you can't do anything. So it's kind of a bit, a bit that, that's, that's the thing about right. maths, I guess, there, like the, just to go back to what we we're saying about most of the time, there's a fixed answer, but there for the idea of infinity, there's, there's not, it's, yeah. Eyes, you start involved in infinity it's yeah you can end up with some some kind of yeah some really crazy kind of things that can happen <laughs> yeah i felt like i had a um what's it called what's the thing called when you have like a midlife crisis or something i was like <laughs> oh my gosh i was like that's enough youtube for today <laughs> and now this is this is exactly this is exactly what people do go out there and look up look up infinity on youtube see what you can find out <laughs> but i mean there's all sorts of all sorts of crazy things happen when you um when you, you start considering infinity. Mm, mm. I, don't know, I don't know how long we've got. If you want me, I can give you more. We don't have infinite minutes, so. <laughs> I mean, things like pi, you know, rational numbers, like mm. pi, you know, have infinitely many digits and they never repeat or um, never terminates. 
And um, Pi was one of them I always struggled to get my head around. That was I mean, Pi is, yeah, is, is a you know a confusing concept. This idea of infinity again comes up. Mm, so mm. Um, so there's other I mean you found other irrational numbers like pi. And then there's also if people are doing A-level maths, then they'll know they're about there's another irrational number called E, which mm. um, and then this number E, when you and then you you'll when you do when you come to university, you'll also start learning about complex numbers. And then so if you're doing further maths, you may know them already. But one of the most amazing things for me still is that you have this irrational number E and you raise it to an imaginary number I times by pi. So E to the power I pi and this equals minus one. Now, to me, that's I mean, maybe this is just words for a lot of people, but it's kind of that if you're doing further maths, A level, A level maths, that I mean, that for me is an amazing thing. And if you come to Hope you're, or, or any university, to be honest, you'll learn about this. And that's another one of those wow kind of moments, I'd say. That you get to see quite early on. If you haven't done it yet in further maths, you'll do it. Spoiler, spoiler alert. University. <laughs> there's, there's plenty more wow opportunities throughout your degree. Mm. If you get, and you maybe, if you, you know, become a researcher, why not? You know, go after you've done your degree. Mm. I didn't. I mean, I never thought really that I'd go and be able to do a PhD and become a researcher at the end. So, mm. but yeah, why not? It's a great, um, it's a great option. Well, what have what have kind of um, got from that there, from your experience and what you're saying there about the students is um, an attribute that you need to have in math maybe is to a degree open-mindedness and the willingness to to be shocked and you know the constantly new things. But yes, you know yeah. what 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 makes a successful student in maths? Like you mentioned before, a couple. But you know what really what's an attribute that someone successful in math should have? Oh, that is interesting. Because I suppose there's so many different successful mathematicians that have come out. Mm. I mean, some people like, think that all mathematicians are really organised. But I mean, of course, you always say you get two kind of, two sides. You get the, well, you get the mathematicians who are completely organised, and then you get the other end of the spectrum, like me, who are completely disorganised. <laughs> and, and probably, yeah, everyone in between as well. But so, I mean, what's a good, I mean, I suppose, you know, working hard is, mm. you know, is true for any subject. Yeah. And, I say anyone can you can go away and, and look up on YouTube and learn well, stuff. But I say the first, if you just have if you have enough determination, I think. I think that's it. To be honest, in I'm you know I'm, I don't shy away from the fact that when I was in sixth form, I studied the international baccalaureate and, and maths is a part of that. Um, and originally, I um, I didn't do great in maths, so the IB is is uh, marked on subjects up till seven, I think, from zero to seven, so into the A, B, C, and stuff. Seven being the best that you can get. And I, um, I did really poorly in maths and resat my final year. And all it took was, like you just said, there the hard work, but also like the slight application of maths in a different way, just oh, yeah. helped me really, really um, develop in maths. But like you say, it definitely took hard, hard work. There's you know, there's certain subjects that, yeah, well, you need hard work in all subjects, really, don't you? But there's some that I think you can naturally apply certain talent to. So, again, maybe things like art. Some people just naturally are talented in the art, and obviously hard work takes them further. But I think maths needs just that little bit more drive um, to get through some of those frustrating frustrating walls. And so I guess with that in mind... What like what advice would you give someone who is study, preparing to study? I hope now, obviously, the obvious thing being for our maths course. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you need to study maths at A level as an entry requirement. So that would be a piece of advice. Make sure you do an A level maths now. But 
what, what advice would you give someone who's preparing to come to university and salute maths? Of course, I think there's a foundation year as well, isn't there? Mm, yeah. Maybe yeah. You a different route if you didn't do so well in your A-levels. But yeah, so yeah, do, so advice, do well in your A-levels, I guess. Um, you can, and just, yeah, put, put some hard work in. I often say maths is, one thing they say about maths is it's not a spectator sport. It's mm. kind of, you can't just sit there and let it kind of wash over and you, and you watch maths, like a, a lesson. You have to really kind of roll your sleeves up and get stuck in and, yeah, and don't, don't be afraid of it and, you know, start playing around with it and uh, with I think that's I think that's big don't don't be afraid of it and grab it by the scruff of the neck I suppose yes yeah. exactly yeah. and also I mean there's other things you can like I said I mean you, private tutor as um, Mia was saying can sometimes I know some people do that for A level there's also there's various um, things going on like I know there's um, Liverpool Mathematics Society for example do this thing called Maths Club which mm. is uh, I think they do it twice every couple of weeks on a Monday night every two weeks or something and this kind of thing where you can do problem solving and all these kind of classes so even if you don't want to private tutor, there's other things you can get involved in yeah and yeah. I mean look up there's like all sorts of things if you look up on your local university or or there may be a, an associated like mathematics club like the Liverpool Mathematical Society yeah they run all sorts of kind of outreach things for for a level and um and for younger as well it's like things called maths club and different things that yeah Liverpool. And I get involved in as well so there's these kind of things you can do as well. Mm. Yeah, really good. So when someone does make that decision to come to Hope and study maths, what kind of experience can they expect from their time on the course? So what can they expect, say, from the staff or the course content itself? Are there any sort of placement opportunities involved as well? Um, placement, I mean, you, you can do, I think, like with all Hope University degrees, you can do a, a year in industry. Mm. So this is definitely an option you can do. And also, if you people, I mean, any like when subject or university, you can do um, internships and summer mm. placements and so on. And I usually send these around to the students for them to apply to and so on if, if I come across any. So there's yeah. those kind of things that students can do extra. But um, but what can you expect from us? I suppose you'd. And we're only a small, um, well, we're a small university generally, but um, the math, math, mathematics department is is pretty small. There's only. Um, three about three and a half lecturers that teach on a mathematics course so we're a very small um, like family if you like mm. and we have we generally have quite small class sizes so that's one of the things you can expect is so we're in other universities where you may have um much larger classes and you'll just be um well you this teacher won't the lecturer won't know your name for example or mm. anything about it. you'll just be you might be a face that they recognize, but they won't get to know you individually and like your strengths mm. and weaknesses. And so you won't, they won't be able to come and, um, well, ask questions and so on. Cause I mean, you've got to have a lot of guts to put your hand up. If you've got to, if you're in a room of 250 people, mm -hmm. you don't, you get stuck. Like you say, can often happen in maths. If you don't, you've got to be very uh, bold to put your hand up and ask in front of everybody. Mm. So it's because yeah. our classes are a lot more informal. Um, you have a lot more questions and kind of discussions going on. Very Again, I know that's specific to, to hope, but like just to go back to my own experience oh, yeah. of maths, like I think that's what helped me get get that better grade at sixth form was I've gone from a much larger class to um, a lot more personalised support, and mm -hmm. that that that's exactly it. And that's um, that, I think that's pivotal for a subject like maths. So it's great that we can offer that. I hope definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, so you can think of maths as being like a learning maths as being a series of small. Um, misconceptions that you kind of address you don't understand mm. that then you build on that and you understand as you go along 
Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. I'll do a lecture and then very often at the end, my, I mean, my office is directly opposite the classroom where we teach. So, you know, as soon as we get, I might get kicked out because there's another class coming in, but <laughs> usually half the students will then follow me into my office and then we'll, we'll <laughs> carry on the discussion afterwards or the, you know, kind of more examples and so on. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, that. So definitely small class sizes is always one of the bonuses of hope. Um, and so when, again, when someone decides to come and study maths with us, what, where can I take them once they've graduated? So you've mentioned going on to do research, you've mentioned those who go into um, to teaching as well. Um, but what are some of the traditional routes maybe that people take after studying maths? Um, so, yeah, teaching is probably the main one. Mm. And then also, i say accounting and finance kind of jobs, probably yeah. the second biggest. I mean, the great thing about, I mean, suppose you, there's many degrees out there that, or many jobs out there that they'll say you need a degree in, mm-hmm. and then it won't specify what subject you need it in. And of course, with maths, you can do all of those ones. Yeah. But you can also do, there's, there's a lot of other ones that will, will say you need to have a numerical subject, for example, mm-hmm. like maths. And then you say there's all those kind of jobs that you can do. And just any job, if you, if you can say that you've done, got a maths degree, that kind of is a good thing that employers will look for. And mm-hmm. so even if it's not a particular job that requires maths, they'll say, oh, this person can kind of think abstractly and, and problem solve and all these kind of things. And so certainly, there's so many jobs out there that. I'm, I'm sure that the. Um the accreditation on the course will help yes, with that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you, we've got this IMA, the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications accreditation. And um, this is also something you should, whenever you're, whenever you're applying, if you're applying anywhere to do a master's degree, make sure the university you're applying to has that because mm. not all the universities do. Yeah, yeah, and it's important. But all the good ones do. So it gets a good stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> so as we are coming to the end of this lovely conversation um these next few messages messages questions are kind of like a nice take-home message for the listeners um and this first one we've asked this a couple of times and it is quite hard at the moment because obviously we are all um working from home right now um but it might be nice to maybe jog your memory back to times when you were on campus and the question is what is your favorite place on campus um uh probably i'm allowed to, I'm allowed to say the bar <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, maybe i'll be able to agree with that it's a nice social there's, space there's nice yeah there's nice social space also i mean the whole campus is is lovely anyway. i mean there's I mean, all the gardens and everything i mean if, if you haven't ever been to the campus then i recommend you come and visit i, I mean i'll do the open days or online at the moment but mm-hmm. have you just just google hope campus and have a look i mean there's so many like green spaces and trees and, and flowers and you, and you see all that on the waist of the bar it's fine you see, exactly <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and we are doing virtual campus tours as well so if anybody's listening and they want to hop on one of them on one of our open days you can kind of get a nice feel for the campus there as well um so next question is what are the top three reasons somebody should study this subject at hope um apart from me being there <laughs> You can include that as one if you want. Uh, three top three reasons. Um, okay, so uh, as, I, as I've already said, haven't I? There's the friendliness of the staff, mm-hmm. and the um, I mean the course itself is. I mean, really, really proud of it. I mean, we've I mean, we're constantly developing it, and we've been developing it over the last few years. And um, that's the other thing about it being a small, small class is if people have any. And being a small, us being a small group, we're quite flexible and we can, if people have particular interests, we can, we can change the course and we can do different things that people might be interested in. So I'd say that was a good reason that we're, so the course is great, but we're also, we're adaptable. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that, that's two, and the bar, I suppose. Most <laughs> universities have a bar, don't they? So that's <laughs> yeah, it's not really setting us uh, apart from anywhere else. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, also, I mean, yeah, just the friendliness of staff and, and the student, just the whole like community, I guess, mm-hmm. that I hope is. Yeah. Um, mm. Definitely. No, I think I think we, we say that one like sort of not as throwaway, but we I guess we take it for granted because we're used to it. But I don't think it can be understated the community feel that the university's got. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. it does extend beyond, you know, small class sizes to just a wider university ethos really, doesn't it? So Yeah, yeah. definitely. And there's so much stuff going on with the that university does like societies and different things as well. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the final question, um, I know we were saying as well at the beginning, like at Hope, the lecturers and tutors and, and everyone are kind of like, they are really human. Um, so to you, what makes a human of hope? Oh, that's a good question. A human of hope. Um, I say the, you know, the approachable uh, and flexible, um, reliable, um, dependable, and just, you know, just being a human, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's important. No, it is. Really yeah, important. It's definitely important. Especially right now when you know things are, are going online and there is that lack of human contact. I think. Yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. strange times. I mean, we're doing everything we can to make it, try to make it as normal as possible. But obviously, yes. it's, it's tricky being online. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, um, great. for taking thank the you. time to speak to well, us. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's been yeah, it's been lovely to to learn some things about maths and thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much.